Welcome everyone to Inside CHSL. It's our first ever episode and we're really excited about this brand new venture around the Catholic High School League and even you know maybe looking at some things around the state of Michigan as well in athletics. My name is Jeremy Otto. Across from me is Brendan Johnson. We're really excited to bring you this brand new thing, Brendan. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's a great opportunity to talk about such a historic league, to talk about so many great teams, great athletes, great coaches, tie in the Catholic faith as well as we are the Catholic League. Overall, just going to be a really cool thing for us to be able to do week in and week out. For those of you wondering, who in the world are these guys talking about high school sports, about Catholic League um, athletics? So my name is Jeremy Otto, like I told you. I'm calling the Catholic High School League Football Game of the Week. Brennan and I both work on that uh, on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. We've been doing that for six years now. Uh, we've also had a variety of uh, experience covering high school sports, whether that's in the Catholic League around the state. Uh, Brennan, kind of break down what you've done so far. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, Jeremy's a U of D Jesuit graduate. I'm a De La Salle graduate, also the Associate Alumni Director at De La Salle. So very familiar with the Catholic League. Um, in high school, both of us covered our schools doing sports broadcasting mm-hmm. in college, still stayed connected to the Catholic League and doing announcing of championship games for the league on radio or video or doing the public address announcing. So very familiar with the league, good background. And well, now we get to kind of bring it full circle and talk about well all of the sports rather than one specific game, a little bit broader. This is cool. Yeah, and we're going to dive in the faith aspect of every guest we're going to bring on. We have a specific format, so we're going to start with top five things, which we're going to get to in just a, a couple segments, get to some history, get to an interview, and then some things to watch uh, in the week coming up as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to really try to break it down, and we'll add some more things as we go. We'll look at some topics in the Catholic League. Obviously, that'll be the main focus, but you know, over time, too, if there's some storylines from things going on across the state in athletics and maybe how we could relate it to the Catholic League, we're going to dive into that as well. So I think we've got a really nice avenue to talk about a variety of sports, a variety of storylines, and, and really culminate this thing together. All right. So with that, we want to dive right into the content here in our first ever episode of Inside CHSL. It's time for J&B's Top 5 Things. Brendan's going to kick it off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeremy, you look at the top five things as our our key highlights from the week before, you know, for us obviously being the first one just of recent history. And uh, we got to start with Mercy High School winning the swim championship. But the key storyline here, I think everybody thought, yes, uh, they could do it. It's their third consecutive state title, but it's the margin of victory. They defeat Ann Arbor Pioneer by a half a point, 298 (laughs) to 297.5 to capture their third consecutive state title. It came down to the 400 freestyle relay as well to secure the championship. That's only where Mercy finished third. Pioneer finished first in that event, but it didn't matter. They had enough points, and isn't that kind of interesting how that worked out? Yeah, seriously, and if you're you're Pioneer, you do everything you can down the stretch. You win that last race. You're thinking, hey, this is maybe what's going to put us over the top, and Mercy finds a way. Hey, you just got to finish third. You'll have enough points. There you have it. Congratulations to them. That's exciting. Credit as well to Greta Gridley. She led Mercy in points with 37 individual points. That is, she won the lone individual event as well in the 100 meter freestyle. So, congratulations again to the Marlins. Third straight 
MHSAA Swimming Champions. On to number two now. It's kind of the hot-button topic. We're going to talk about it with our guest in just a little bit as well. That's the football playoff format change. There's a big change between the Central and the um, AA teams. Yeah, well, now you're going to see the Central Division and the AA team winner. So the winner of the Central, winner of the AA, they will meet for the Prep Bowl title in Week 9. And I have to think that most people are excited about that. That way you're not playing opponent. You probably played in the regular season for a second time, especially the teams that will be excited about it are the Central Division teams, the Brother Rice, the CC, the St. Mary's, the La Salle, because for some of those schools, they'll come into that game five and three, and now it's if you don't win, there's a chance you'd miss the state playoffs. Of course, with with the new state format, that doesn't have as much effect now because it's all based on strength of schedule, and that is why schools from the AA are going to probably like this format because they're going to play a, a tougher, high-strength team, and whether it's a St. Mary's, a Rice, a De La Salle, a Catholic Central, and typically if you win the Central Division, you're probably – Going to finish seven and two, eight and one, maybe nine and zero for the regular season. So you're getting a nice amount of playoff points based off of that game on your schedule. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. I think schools will be happier with that. And then it allows, too, if you're not in the prep bowl or if you don't win the Central Division, to maybe go out and schedule somebody different uh, for that Week 9 crossover game. You might get to see some cooler matchups between the Catholic schools and other public schools. And when you look at the Central Division up and down, and when one through four, and when UD was in, in the back in five, it's usually very competitive, and it's coming down sometimes to that final game, and anybody can beat anybody. And I think this past year was, you know, one of the best we've seen in the last ten, maybe even, you know, when every team had a chance to win it, even though Catholic mm-hmm. Central ends up not making the state playoffs. But when you look at it, you saw sometimes a matchup week eight versus two teams, and then maybe. One team won and propelled them into the prep bowl or vice versa. And then they turned around and played each other week nine. It's never easy when those teams are so neck and neck to try to right. beat a team twice. Yeah, absolutely not. Now for the intersectional, that stays the same. Intersectional one winner still plays the intersectional two winner. So that format does not change for those divisions of the Catholic League. On to number three. Back to the Mercy Marlins. They also win a volleyball state championship. They defeat Lowell three sets to one. Uh, Jess Maruzic, of course, leading the way for Mercy in capturing that state title. And Jeremy, it's something that we have talked about before with just how dominant Mercy was this year. Mm-hmm. Total expectation for them to get that done. A 58-1 in the regular season. They had missed volleyball and Jess Merzik. We talked to a little bit, but as we were kind of launching this podcast to kind of get a feel for what Mercy was like, she had 34 kills in the state championship <sighs> game, 15 digs, one block solo, one block assist. That Those 34 kills are the third best ever in an MHSA final. But even the more impressive thing, I think, her and only one other senior are gone, and you had six players with 100 or more kills this season, four with 200 or more, and six players with 100 or more digs. That's just I mean, come on. Crazy. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, you you don't go fifty-eight and one on accident. So yes, losing Jess is gonna hurt them, but Mercy's gonna be back and contending again next year. I mean, you look at the numbers, you look at the talent they have, and of course, you know, when you only lose two seniors, 
you're going to bring back a group of experience. You're going to bring back a group that's learned now how to win in the big game or big games, and they're going to be a dangerous team next year. We had an early big-time CHSL and MIHL matchup. This is number four in our top five things. Brother Rice and Catholic Central matching up just before Thanksgiving ended up in a 5-2 victory for Brother Rice. It was a sold-out crowd at the Mitch as they call it, USA Hockey Arena, where Catholic Central plays their home hockey games. Traditional night before Thanksgiving game, the rivalry, CC, Brother Rice. Uh, and it's such a cool thing. You don't see that kind of rivalry game uh, in other leagues. That's a Catholic League thing and a historical, historical rivalry right there. Pretty cool stuff. Brother Rice gets the win, but Catholic Central, to have that kind of venue and those two schools to pack it like they did, it's phenomenal. Murphy with a big-time game. He scored a hat-trick, and Brother Rice overcoming a 2-1 to Catholic Central lead in the second period as well. Well, that's something to note, too. Yeah, you're in the second period. CC's up 2-1 to on their home ice, and you got to be thinking momentum's in your favor. To then put up four straight and shut them down the rest of the way, impressive stuff from Brother Rice, and maybe just a foreshadowing of two teams that could compete for state titles later in the spring. Moving on to number five, you want to talk about more potential state titles for the Catholic League? Well, boys basketball has a few teams, especially in the Central Division, that are looking pretty good here in the early part of the preseason, or I guess the later part of the preseason. Even De La Salle may be expected to be second or third best team in the Catholic League, uh, with St. Mary's, of course, being the preseason favorite. Preseason scrimmage. They knock off Ypsilanti Lincoln and Imani Bates, the defending state champions in Class A. You take any stake in a preseason scrimmage win, Jeremy? Yes and no. I mean, at this point, you don't really know who's playing what. I mean, we do know that Imani Bates obviously played in the game, and Dilasal, I'm sure, is bringing out their best in a game like that. Um, is it more promising for Dilasal and, and less heartbreaking for Ypsilanti Lincoln? I think 100% yes. And maybe that kind of triggers Dilasal mm-hmm. and says, hey, look, you know, some were saying, ah, oh, we're not going to be ultra competitive in the Catholic League like like we want to, even though, you know, they're still predicting second or third. But T. LaSalle is expecting, hey, we, we want to compete for the Catholic League crown like we do year in and year out. I think that's more of a motivating factor for the pilots, but we'll see. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, a guy to watch is senior Joe Joni, a guy that's been the leader of De La Salle. He was the leader last year and two years ago when they made the state semifinals was just a young kid, minor part of the rotation, got in a little bit. Last year took a big step. This year took an even bigger step. Look for Joe to have a big year for the pilots. It's now time for our next segment in Inside CHSL. It's since 1926. It's hosted by Steve Wendrock, and it's an opportunity to kind of dive into the history of the Catholic League. I think it's going to be really cool, Jeremy. We have so many historical stories uh, and just so many great memories of different events, different games, different athletes from the Catholic League. Uh, this is going to be really awesome to re- you know really recant stories from the 50s, the 40s, the 20s, and even the early 2000s, and everywhere in between. So here's Steve Wedrock with Since 1926. This moment in Catholic High School League history looks at the league's first football season. On October 8, 1926, Holy Redeemer High School won its first football game in the newly established Catholic League, defeating St. Patrick High School 19-0 at Clark Park in Detroit. The following week, on October 16th, St. Leo High School defeated Jackson St. John High School 32-0. 
Holy Redeemer and St. Leo later met at Southwestern Field on Thanksgiving morning, 1926, before a crowd of more than 4,000 fans to decide the Catholic High School League championship. Holy Redeemer won the game 14-9 behind a 45-yard touchdown run by halfback Harold Fern, who broke his collarbone late in the contest. On October 4th, Holy Redeemer finished the 1926 season undefeated when they beat Bay City St. Mary High School 13-0 at Southwestern Field to capture the state Catholic football championship. Seniors John Maddy and John Fern, the older brother of Harold who had broken his collarbone against St. Leo, both ran for touchdowns for Holy Redeemer. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Well, thanks, Steve. We're really looking forward to what you have to say each week and kind of diving into the rich history that the Catholic League has to offer. Someone that knows quite a bit about Catholic League history, at least in the last 30 or so years, is the director of the Catholic High School League. That's Vic Michaels. We're so pleased to be joined by the director of the Catholic High School League in our first ever podcast. Vic, welcome. This is exciting here today. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm really happy to be here. So we, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple months now. We kind of talked about it at the beginning of the fall. We wanted to fine-tune it, though, so it was the best it could be, and that's why we're kind of releasing it here at the beginning of the winter in December. But this is an exciting time, not only for the league, but, you know, the whole state of Michigan, because this is kind of a unique thing to, to recap and rehash uh, something in a specific league with a podcast. There's a lot of podcasts out there, but uh, this is the first of its kind for the Catholic League. It is, and I think it's really exciting that we'll be able to broadcast our news, things we want about our faith-filled schools, um, things we excel at, and, of course, some of the problems we face also. Yeah, absolutely. Just go through the state of the league for me right now. Just how has it changed? Obviously, over the years, we've lost schools, unfortunately, but there's still some really, really strong ones out there, and they're competing very well, um, not only in Catholic League championships, but in state championships as well. Just where are we at and maybe where are we going, do you think, in the future? I think we're in a great place. We still have some of the very best athletic programs in the state, sport by sport, and we also have some programs that aren't quite as good. So we are able to provide competition for schools, whether they're at the top of their game or at the bottom of the game, if you would. Um, we're able to do that for a number of schools. You look at the, the range of enrollment, no other league has that. We have a school, Catholic Central, with over 1,100 boys, which equates to 2,200 MHSAA enrollment number, down to a school of 100, all in the same league and able to provide both of them schedules. And uh, that's pretty remarkable that we continue to, we're able to continue to do that. And although we've had a good number of schools drop off of the years, we've also had some new ones, including one next year. I mean, you look at St. Catherine within the last five years opening up and doing pretty well um, athletically for them. I look at year one or two. I mean, they're in the volleyball championship. They're competing for a softball championship in the Catholic League. So they're jumping right in, even if they didn't have the numbers. And now we see Orchard Lake St. Mary's opening up a new girls division. So that's that's the exciting part as well of the league. It is. And you look at St. Catherine, you know, a few years back, they were barely competitive in anything. Their numbers were low because they were only taking students in one grade at a time. Once they filled their building, had a little success athletically, their enrollment has gone up quite a bit. They're now up to a class B school, if you would, uh, although they're kind of doing away with classes in the <laughs> MHSAA. Um, and they've had great success and have been one of the schools that have said, when we get better, 
we want to play in the better league, the better division. So they haven't shied away from uh, moving up, uh, being realigned in sports they've had success in. St. Mary, on the other hand, shocked a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That uh, school that has been all boys for so long will now be accepting girls. And um, I was out there yesterday for a meeting and talked to their admissions people, and they're expecting 40 girls next year, which is all they'll take the first year. Uh, They've had inquiries from over 100. So they're pretty excited about what that might do to their, their campus. Yeah, we're chatting here with Vic Michaels, the director of the Catholic High School League. I want to jump right into something that's kind of a hot-button topic around the league right now, and that's the football format changes for the prep bowl and just everything that's going into that. So break that down for us. Well, a couple things have happened. Um, next year, instead of three championships being played at Ford Field, we'll only have two. We'll have our AA, um, excuse me, our intersectional winners play, and then the central winner will play the AA winner. What we've found with this new MHSAA playoff format, playing a team a second time really hurts that team's chances of not only making the state tournament, but possibly hosting even in the first or second round. So we're trying to eliminate the matchups that we've had in the past where De La Salle, for example, has played Catholic Central Week 8, and then they play him in the Prep Bowl Week 9. That is not a good scenario. So that won't happen. We'll have just the winner of the league play the winner of the AA, and uh, we're excited about it. We think it'll bring up about a, a more positive approach to the prep bowl, maybe uh, more spectators. You know, this year, for example, UAD had a tremendous year. A lot of people would have liked to see a championship game between U of D and the winner of the Central, which at the, this year was Catholic Central. And I think that would have been a nice buzz to have going into the prep bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like the the new format. I think it's going to help teams, like you said, kind of not worry about playing a team twice because sometimes you'd get you know a matchup in week eight versus them, and then you see it right again in week nine. And not only for scouting purposes and for the team that won the game week eight, it's like oh, we don't feel like we have great chances just because uh, we just beat them last week. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to see you know kind of how that's implemented and, and the finals back at Ford Field next year, right? They, it will be. October 24th, it's already reserved. Uh, there was a little problem this year because of uh, Thanksgiving being so late, mm-hmm. kind of pushed our Week 9 games back a week, and uh, Ford Field was unaware of that and had booked a concert, uh, so we, we moved it up to Week 8 this year. Just what are you most excited for, and maybe what's the league office, the Archdiocese in and itself excited for about these podcasts, do you think? Well, w- when you think about it, I'm, you're too young to remember this, Jeremy, but not that long ago, every Catholic school, high school, grade school, uh, all the friends of the Catholic schools, the Michigan Catholic published a school's section of their paper, mm-hmm. and every single school took out an ad. That was a big deal at the time. It was a, a, a Sunday paper that had a little bit of information about every one of our schools. Well, as you know, those days of reading a paper are gone. There is no Michigan Catholic. It's Mm -hmm. all digital. This form of social media is what we need to do to reach parents, to reach students, and let them know the strengths of attending a Catholic school. 
whether it be for athletic reasons or for academic reasons, and more importantly, for faith reasons, that they can attend a faith-filled institution and have some success athletically. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can do that over the airwaves where parents of these kids and the kids themselves can now listen to uh, on a regular basis. And I think we're getting that word out um, this way as opposed to the print media is a big, big deal for us. And we're chatting here with Vic Michaels, the director of the Catholic High School League on Inside CHSL, episode one here. Really excited to get this launched here today. I kind of want to go to more of a personal question, I guess. And, you know, you've been the director of the Catholic League for a while. You've also coached and been an AD in the Catholic League in the past. Do you have a best team you've ever seen throughout your, your tenure, either as a league director or just all throughout uh, your time in Catholic League sports? That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I could give you the best coach team I saw, but that's because I probably coached it. Right? But we won't go that way. <laughs> I think the best team I saw um, was the early 2000 Orchard Lake St. Mary teams. Uh, Jermaine Gonzalez was a quarterback in football. They won the Catholic League championship. They went on to win the state championship and were undefeated. That same core group of players from the football team all played basketball. They won the Catholic League Operation Friendship game and state championship game. So they basically went through football and basketball without losing a contest. Uh, they're pretty good athletes, good group of guys. Absolutely. Something uh, that you look around the archdiocese, you see Unleash the Gospel, that's something that Archbishop Figneron has done a really good job of. How does this podcast kind of further that vision, you think? Well, I think, um, you know, as I mentioned, we're now able to get our word out uh, through a podcast, which is so valuable these days. Um, we can express... Um, our, what our schools are doing. I know some of the guests that we're going to have on will explain what they're doing in their individual schools to help unleash the gospel. We can do this in a manner that uh, people can listen to while they're driving the work. Uh, when they're in their car, they can just put the podcast on and hear about the things we do to help unleash the gospel. So we're pretty excited about that. Real quick, as we kind of wrap up our interview with Vic Michaels, the director of the Catholic High School League, Callahan Challenge, that's this weekend um, on Sunday, December 9th, and then Sunday, December 15th. You have the girls this weekend and then the boys next weekend. That's a big event not only for the Catholic High School League, but for the MAC as well. It is. It's a nice event. It's the uh, fourth year we've, we've had the event. We take five schools from the Catholic League, play five former champions from the Macomb Conference. It's a great public, non-public event, one that we can uh, make friends with our public schools. Uh, it's a wonderful event. Callahan Hall does a great job with it. Um, the kids, the girls, and the boys are very excited about being able to play in such a historic venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to, to catching some games down there. We'll talk about it a little bit later in our things to watch this week as well. Well, Vic, we thank you for sitting down here today. Maybe we'll catch up with you again uh, a couple weeks down the road, but this is an exciting venture for the Catholic League, and we thank you for, uh, along with Mike and many others, for making it possible for us here. Well, thanks, Jeremy. You do a great job with this. I look forward to coming back. That's Vic Michaels, the director of the Catholic High School League. Well, believe it or not, we're just about done here in our first episode of Inside CHSL. Our last segment every week, 
will be our things to watch. Brendan's going to kick us off. What do you have? Well, first of all, I just want to say what a nice interview with Vic Michaels, director of the Catholic League, and appreciate his time and his perspective on you know, the league and this podcast and really being able to share the stories of our athletes, our schools, our coaches. Just just again, want to reiterate that it's, it's really nice that the league has wanted to take this initiative and really share the many great things that are going on across the league. And uh, well, I guess I'll use that to transition into, we talk about things going on, what's something to watch for upcoming? And it is girls basketball season underway. The Callahan Challenge this weekend, you heard Vic talk about it, how it's an opportunity to really build friendships and relationships with even some of our public schools uh, that are in the local area. And there's going to be a ton of great matchups. I'm really excited to watch Marion basketball this mm-hmm. year. I think they have a chance to make a run uh, and get to the state final. So a lot of exciting ball. Uh, the Callahan Challenge. I'm a basketball guy. I just I love <laughs> basketball being back. And mm-hmm. the fact that it's here this Sunday, December 8th, I mean, come on. It, it doesn't get much better than that. So that Callahan Challenge, if you're looking for something to do, if you're a basketball junkie like me, head on down to Callahan Hall uh, and check out some great games and, of course, a wonderful venue as well. Yeah, absolutely. 12.30 Anchor Bay and Shrine, 2 o'clock Romeo Regina, 3.30 Gross Point North and Our Lady of the Lakes, 5 Lakeview and Marion, and 6.30 Gross Point South and Mercy. So that's your full slate of games at the Earl's Callahan Challenge Sunday, December 8th. Absolutely. You know, I like that Romeo-Regina matchup mm-hmm. as well. Regina's a young team, and I know Coach Kevin Reese and Coach Diane Laffey a little bit and had a chance to talk with them, and they talk about the youth, but kind of exciting. You know, they're, they're guard-heavy, they're young, they're inexperienced, but they feel like they do a couple things really well, uh, and that could help them going into the regular season. So I'm excited to see what they're able to do. My thing to watch this week, boys basketball. That, that's starting very, very soon. We're going to have the boys Callahan Challenge as well a week from the girls on Sunday, December 15th. There should be some really good matchups there as well and, and perennial contenders. Don't get me too excited, Jeremy. I, I, <laughs> again, I am ready for that. There's To just see our teams in action across the Catholic League, going down to Callahan Hall, it's also kind of cool for the Catholic League schools because – you go play at Callahan for the Callahan Challenge, and now it's like, hey, we want to we want to get back here. We want to be playing here, whether it's a Catholic League final, whether it's a, a state quarterfinal, potentially, as it's one of the host sites. You look at that as, hey, we can get back here. And if we get back here, that means we're doing something right. So it, overall, just really exciting. I know we talked earlier about the – the De La Salle win over Ypsi Lincoln and Orchard Lake St. Mary's is going to be loaded this year. They have such a talented, talented team with Lauren Bowman being the latest to commit to Wisconsin. You know, just add to the list of Division One guys on that roster. So it's exciting. And then still, you've got a couple guys in the Catholic League, like you know, Brother Rice, Catholic Central, to where. What are they going to do with second-year head coaches in their program of Rick Palmer uh, at Rice and Coach Sanawi at Catholic Central? What are they able to do in year number two? You look through the AA division. Loyola's got a pretty good team coming back. Uh, Divine Child, I believe, changed coaching staff, so we'll be interested to see what Divine Child's able to put forward this year. So it should just be pretty interesting to watch the Catholic League and so many great schools. Uh, and it's underway. It's starting. It's here. 
Well, boy, did time fly here today. That's it for our first episode of Inside CHSL. I think we're going to do it again next week, right? Uh, that's the plan. <laughs> that's well, we're, the we're plan. looking forward to that. We want to thank everyone that's uh, been involved to get this thing going. We've been talking about it for a couple months. We've been really excited leading up to it. Uh, one of our producers, Ron Pangborn, on staff here at the Archdiocese. Alex Westfall as well, doing a good job piecing things together in post. Mike Evoy, Vic Michaels, everybody involved in the Archdiocese and the Catholic League. We thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to do it again next week. All right. His name is Brendan Johnson. I'm Jeremy Idle. This is our first episode of Inside CHSL. We'll see you next week.